Hello, Irvin Law family and making Mondays feel like Fridays podcast family. Welcome back. Welcome back. Listen, in this episode today, uh, one of uh, Irvin Law's clients, Pack Light and Goals, uh, CEO and founder, talks with some RV families about the joys of RVing and all about RVs. And in the wake of this pandemic, we explore alternate ways to travel. So enjoy and learn a lot in this episode all about the world of RVing. Welcome to the Making Your Mondays Feel Like Fridays, the Irvin Lawway podcast. Your host is Leslie Peters, the guy with the girl's name, and yes, he's sticking to it. This is a podcast where we help reshift and pursue happiness and purpose by living every day with the same enthusiasm we have on Fridays at the end of the workday. Hey, hey, hey. We just talked a little. You're here. You're here. We're here. We're here. We're here. We're here. One of the first questions I want to know is why did y'all decide to get an RV? Of all things in the world, an RV. I'm going to let Patrick address that question. We had some okay. friends that, uh, we had some friends that we used to tailgate with the Jack State games that had an RV. And, um, you know, then, then one year they, um, they, they, they did not bring their RV to the games anymore. So uh, once you once you use an RV, it's almost like like I I liken it to like first class, right? When you fly first class, like and then you got the next flight, you have to fly a coach. It doesn't feel good at all to you. Mm-mm. So you've been tailgating the whole season with an RV, and then the next season you don't have the RV. It doesn't really feel good to you. So wah wah wah, we need an RV. So we need an RV. And it, if I remember correctly, it was the Southern game that year. And the sky fell. So not only were we not in the RV that we were accustomed to being in, we got soaked outside under somebody's tent. It, it wasn't a good look at all. So it doesn't compare. It does not compare. Did you all have any RV experience prior to your owning an RV? Any? Nothing other than tailgating? No. no, no. So you all have had a lot to learn, I would imagine. There's been a learning curve for sure. Yes. <laughs> a good learning curve. A good learning curve. There's so many resources out there, um, YouTube videos, people giving you a, a true perspective of what you're going to encounter when you uh, own an RV. And then, um, as Patrick said, we had close personal friends who owned one and they, they really had an influence on what we ended up purchasing and um, the features we were looking for. They, they helped us out a lot in what to look for. I got you. I think I remember that you all, did you take about a year in order to get the right RV? I remember you guys coming to Texas to look for RVs. It was it was probably well over a wow. year. Um, Patrick did a lot of the research um, because what we found was it's better to find a quality used RV uh, un- un- unless you've got deep pockets. You know, <laughs> it's better to find a quality used RV. You know, maybe two three years older than the current year um, with the features that you're you're looking for. Gotcha. Then to, then to just 
you know, jump in both feet and, and buy something brand new off the lot. I got you. I got you. Now, I heard you talk about that you use your RV for tailgating. Have you taken it uh, a substantial distance or just in your region? Babe? Uh, the far the farthest we've gone is uh, to Chicago. That's pretty far from Mississippi. So that was 750 miles one way. Mm -hmm. Well, I take that back. No, because we drove it from the place we bought it. I think we bought it from. So <laughs> we drove it when we bought it. We flew to Virginia and bought it and then Ooh. drove it from Virginia. Ooh. How was that? Here we are. You yeah. are the proud parents of an RV and you got to get it home. <laughs> so but as far as taking it out and enjoying it, then yes, uh, Chicago is probably the farthest uh, that we've gone. That drive in from Virginia, though, was great because it's mountainous there and we have a um, we have what they call a, a, a class A. So you are when you're driving, you're inside your unit, okay, which is different than a fifth wheel or a tow trailer, you know, where you're in your vehicle and you're towing it behind you. So, you know, there's this massive windshield. And you get to take in all the countryside, all the beautiful vistas. So it was it was a really neat experience. So you drive a little bit? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> not even not even out of the driveway. <laughs> Do you have to have a special license to drive an RV? Um I hear both ways. Some people say yes. Some people say no. I don't have a special license. Um, you know, I, depends on who you talk to. They're going to say, well, you got to have a, what's that, a class a, a license, CDL. like a CDL license, something like that. But uh, I imagine, you know, uh, if someone pulls, if someone really wants to mess with you and pull you over, then I guess you probably should have one. But <laughs> I've, I've posed this question to the different, the different, you know, Facebook groups are on and no one ever gets, no one has ever had a problem with not having a CDL that I'm aware of. I got you. I got you. Have you encountered any any problems or any situations that you're like, uh-oh, now what do we do with the RV? The mechanics or? Uh, it could be mechanics, could be like you didn't know how, like did you know, like when you first had your RV, you came from Virginia. I know you had to stop along the way. Did you just drive kind of straight through? We drove straight through, basically. Oh, yeah. The beauty of an RV is all you really need to stop for is gas. You have your bathroom right there. You have a refrigerator. You have a kitchen. So I, although I was kicking and screaming getting the RV, that first trip down from Virginia where we didn't have to stop at a nasty gas station <laughs> for the bathroom, I was like, sold. So, I'm not trying to stop anywhere and I'm just going to Arkansas. I'm like, no, thank you. I'm not interested in that. Is it, I'll so, ask Mr. Pope, is it hard to maneuver? Um, it takes some getting, you're not used to driving something that, ours is 30 feet, 36 feet, three inches long, right? So, um, the first thing you have to remember is that when you make a turn, uh, the back end goes. I mean, the, the back end swoops out on you. Ooh. So you have to be, you have to watch that back end. 
most of the, the scratches that anyone gets on the RV or the scrape to have an RV is because they're not paying attention to that back end of the RV. And it ends up clipping something or scrubbing against something um, just because it's so long. So and you're going to have to get used to uh, driving something that long and get used to the, the back end. Like you have to constantly pay attention to the back end of that RV when you're, when you're turning. Oh my goodness. I wouldn't want to turn. I, I just want to just, just go straight. Just not turn. That's the reason I don't drive it. No, not at all. So I think you mentioned like mechanics. So um, yeah, I mean, not owning an RV, there were a lot of things we were not aware of. Um, so if you do decide, if you do, whenever you decide to get an RV, uh, it is really helpful, helpful if you can find someone who has a similar RV that you have, similar model, similar mate that you have, um, and ask questions because uh, there's so many things um, in an RV um, that I didn't was not aware of. Like, so the first real problem we had, right? The first real problem we had, we, we drove all the way from Virginia back to Jackson, and that was homecoming. That was homecoming that Saturday. So we drove all we got back here you know, like eight or nine in the morning, right? So we have people here in town. People know we're going to have the RV. So we're getting ready. So we, we, we pack up the RV to take it to the tailgate. We get to the tailgate, and we can't get the jacks to uh, level out the RV. And we had people come over. There was other RV people out there. We had them to come over. No one could figure it out. And as it turns out, it was something very simple, right? There wasn't enough hydraulic fluid in the tank for the the the, um, the levelers, the levelers to come out. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you don't have enough hydraulic fluid, it'll just give you a warning, start beeping, saying, hey, I'm not going to do anything, basically. Oh, and my goodness. That's, that was a simple issue, but because I never owned an RV before, I never knew to check the hydraulic fluids for the jacks. Um, so what happened was we were not able to let the jacks out, so we couldn't level the RV, so we couldn't let the slides out. Oh, the things that oh. pop out like weeds. Right, so we couldn't let those out, so we had a tight, what should have been a nice, spacious area for everybody. It wasn't so nice and spacious, so, but it was, that was, so that was, that was just a knowledge issue. Gotcha. Of, of the mechanics of an RV. I got you. So you. You really need to, um, whatever model you get, kind of find, if you can't find somebody, maybe YouTube that model, do something to get oh, that some. Makes sense. Yeah, that get makes some sense. Let me ask you this. Uh, what are some of the features of your RV? Well, we, we have a, a gas powered class A. Okay. And so that basically means it uses gasoline as opposed to diesel. Okay. Which is something that you need to consider um, when you're looking at what you want to purchase. Um, And the class A just means that it's all enclosed. Okay. So, So there's not a cab with the unit in back basically, or a trailer that's attached to another vehicle. It's all one unit. Um, So we have a gas powered class A. And as far as features, we, uh, 
our RV has a loft style bed that lets down over the cab. So where we're where the area where we drive, where the driver and passenger seats are, yeah. there's a queen size bed that goes flush to the ceiling. And when we need to bring it down, there's a button we press and it lets down. And there's a little ladder that we attach. That's Peyton's layer. <laughs> we have a little privacy drape, you know, television up there, everything. Um, there's a, a television. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. How many? How long do we have? Do we have? How long is the show? Oh, until we get tired of talking. Okay. <laughs> um, there's also an outdoor entertainment system. So there's a television out there. So when the guys are tailgating, if they want to watch other games, that's already there. You just lift a cover and it has a little sound system with it. Um, the feature that I wanted most, <laughs> the two features I wanted most, um, it has a gas stove. So you can get gas or electric if you want. Um, and it has a washer and dryer. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. So um, when we're on the road, we go to a park where there are hookups. I can wash clothes. Well, I can wash regardless. Uh, when there are hookups, when you go to a park, if they have um, septic hookups and water hookups, and electricity, you can pretty much function just like you're in your in your home every day. Wow. So Patrick knows more about all that hooking up. <laughs> I just know about the conveniences of it. Um, and like I said, that that just makes it super convenient. If you're not at a place where you're hooking up, then you're you're doing what they call dry docking or dry camping. So okay. you fill up you fill up your water tank, and we have a 100 gallon tank. Is that right, babe? Sounds like a lot to me. Yeah, 100 gallon water, fresh water tank, and you can use that for your washing machine, for showering, for using the sink in the kitchen or the bathrooms, um, and of course for flushing your toilets. So hold on, Sandra. So if you only have 100 gallons, you don't need to get carried away because you just have 100 gallons. You just have 100 gallons and you have to really be conservative, especially when it comes to showers. It's not like when you're hooked up and you're, you know, at home, you you have to be mindful of the fact that you only have 100 gallons to work with and that you still need to flush. You still need to wash hands, you know, all the other things that require water. So that's not the time to wash your clothes. No, yeah. <laughs> we found that out the hard way when we went to Chicago. <laughs> so RV is uh, um, doing our research. You know, we we decided on what what was it that we really wanted, right? So gotcha. Um, and then that drove how long the RV was going to be, um, and then uh, it also drove what type of uh, gas or diesel choice we were going to make. So. Um, we, we ended up with a, a 36 footer, uh, because I read somewhere that a lot of the older parks, uh, the older state parks and just older parks in general, um, don't handle bigger RVs, like 42 footers and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So a lot of newer parks you find, a lot of newer parks, they have plenty of space, but I read somewhere that you're going to come across these parks that don't have 
the space for a big RV. So we said, okay, well, let's let's get a 36 footer because that pretty much can go most parks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we did that. Um, then we we chose a uh, bath and a half uh, feature in RV uh, because the tailgating was built with our friends. You you find out that you need to have your own bathroom your and then have a half yeah. bathroom for your guests. Okay. Like, you know, like in your house, right? You got your guest bathroom in your house, and then you got your master bed, uh, bathroom that you that you use. So you kind of prefer that uh, when you have um, you know all your guests you know that are coming to use your RV, and and then there are people once they find out, once your friends find out you got an RV, and you're at the game, they're gonna come to your RV and use your bathroom. That's just kind of how that works. Yeah. Um. So those were a couple things that we were looking at. Um. We chose a the 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 RV we had came with a uh, what they call a uh, a generator that was a five point five kilowatt generator for five point five k generator. So we chose we wanted a, a bigger generator. So you because you figure you want as much power as you can, right? You okay. want you, you, you We knew we were going to be entertaining. We knew we were going to be in the summertime. We were going to run in both air conditioners. Right. It has two air conditioners. We knew we were going to run both wow. air conditioners. Knew that at the same time running both air conditioners, we were going to have TVs going, uh, lights on everywhere. So we knew all that stuff was going to be happening. So we knew we wanted a bigger generator. So those, so the size of your generator is important, and that's something you need to take into consideration when you're considering your um, your RP the size of the generator in there. Uh, so we have a seven uh, K generator, which does more than what we more than just more than we need and. Um, so um, as far as other features of the uh, RV that I think they're, oh, we got a king side bed. We wanted a king side yes. bed. So, yeah. uh, you know, we're, we're, we're not tiny. Yeah, we're not tiny people. So we, we got a king side bed in our RV. You know, so. I can relate to that. Oh. Those of you who are not tiny people, those that are not tiny people and they have to sleep in king beds, and you, you, you would appreciate a king bed. The king size bed was a deal breaker. So, um, it was a deal breaker. Um, so that was a feature of the RV, I think. Um, fireplace. Uh, oh yeah, we all we wanted a fireplace. In my mind, in my mind, I was thinking that an electrical fireplace, just in case we're out somewhere and we have propane issues or something like that, whatever. Or we have, you know, you know, just for we had some some heating issues, so we figured we had that we would have that fireplace. And also where it's situated is, uh, it, it's, it's a nice fireplace to have to watch TV. So it's, it's a nice ambiance to the um, uh, to the room. So uh, we did that. So um, so those are kind of the bulk of the features, right? So it's, so it's got two air conditioners. It's got um, antenna for TV. It's got a it's got a satellite dish for getting satellite uh, TV if you want if you want to do that. Um, Plenty of storage space, um, so. There is a lot of storage space. There is actually. There's oh, a lot of storage space. space. In, in they, the model we have. In the model we have, we have a Fleetwood Bounder, and they they did a very good job of using like every square inch of space in that in that coach. Um, plenty of cabinets. Their overhead, um, our living room and our dining room, of course, in the kitchen. Um, in the kitchen, um, 
there's also like a residential sink with, you know, double sinks, um, pull out spray faucet, just the conveniences that you, you know, that you'd like in a kitchen. Um, nice backsplash, um, granite countertops, um, the nice tile floors that are easy to keep clean. Uh, and in in the bedroom and in the master bathroom, there's also a lot of storage. Drawer storage, um, cedar line closet storage. Um, there are cabinets over the bed for storage. Um, and also the bed lifts up. So that whole little, that whole king size bed, there's a cavity where you have storage under there for things like um, when you get where you're going in the, I call it the cab area where we drive, those seats rotate around so that you can be part of the living area. And there's a table. So the base of the table and um, the table top are stored under the bed. Wow. So a lot of um, a lot of features that you kind of pull out when you get where you're going are stored under the bed. And that way they don't move around and shift around while you're traveling. Do you keep it um, packed and ready to go or how does Pretty that work? Much. Pretty much. Ours has a uh, has a pantry in it. So I already have that stocked. Um, I use those OXO containers, <laughs> you know, with a little airtight push top. So that makes it easy to keep things in there and not be worried about rodents or anything like that. Um, everything, it's pretty much like maintaining a whole separate house. I got you. How so, often do you have to go in? How often do you have to move it? Have to move it? I'm not sure. What, what would you say, babe, for the gas model? I don't think there's a, a rule for you have to move it, but think of it just like any automobile. You can't let automobiles sit up for too long without you know, not moving the tire, cranking it up. So think of it that way. So, you, you know, you want to crank it up. You want to drive it, you know, take it. To, if nothing else, just take it out for a spin and come back and park it. Uh, yeah. So um, so I don't think there's a, there, you know, I don't think there's some hard set rule that oh, how long it needs to sit. Uh, oh, how long that it can sit, but uh, but you do need just like with a car, you need to take it out and move it. That makes sense. Now, is that, is that different with the diesels though? Is there like you those should run more frequently? Was I reading that when we were? But even with, even with diesel, diesel have their own set. Of, the, the thing's the same is even a diesel engine, you need to you got to start it up right. You can't mm -hmm. you can't let any car, most car, and those y'all know what I'm saying. Most cars, you just, you just can't let them sit there, right? They gotta. You gotta roll them because the tires are dry rot on you. That's true. So the tires are dry rot. Uh, hoses, you know, they're not staying lubricated. They'll dry rot. So you have to take the vehicle out, just so like you would your car. You can't let your car sit for months and months and months and never start it up and drive it somewhere. And one one thing I want to add, um, Marsha, when it comes to choosing whether you're going to get a gas or a diesel, what what I learned in our research was you have to. Well, there are two things to consider cost and how much you need to tow. Okay. okay. With, a with a gas model, you don't have as much towing. Is capacity a good word, babe? Yeah, I got you. I got you. 
you can't tow as much weight behind you if you have a gas model. Um, so if you've got a big SUV that you're trying to tow, and then that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother uh, show <laughs> on how to select the tow vehicle that you're gonna use and, and what type of towing you're gonna do. Um, but if let's say it was a heavy SUV or like a Ford pickup, you know, even something that size, that needs to be taken into consideration when you're deciding whether you're gonna get a gas or a diesel, uh, along with how much you're gonna be actually taken with you. Um, because everything everything weighs something, right? So chairs and tables that you're storing underneath. Oh, coolers that you're taking with you. This hundred um, gallons that you all are talking about. That, this hundred, this hundred, exactly. That hundred gallons of water. All of that comes into play when it, when you're thinking about your, um, the capacity that your coach can carry. There was a question. If you guys could maybe give us a range, we did have a question. And their question was, they said cost. Can we just get like a range of a class A? The question has come up. Did I miss the car? They're trying to get just a range of how much. I know it did. And there's so many factors. Yeah, it, right. it depends on the year. It depends on the model and the features. And it also depends on gas versus diesel. You can almost bet you're going to. If you were comparing apples to apples, you're going to spend about 50,000 more with a diesel mm -hmm. over gas. That's right. So the, I think the range, I think the range at um, the high end for a gas RV, the high end is probably more, probably somewhere around like 150, 170 for gasoline mm -hmm. RV. Maybe a little bit more for you really get into some some nice ones, uh, but once you get into that range, I think you're probably switching over to a diesel. Gotcha. Then the diesel, the diesel ranges are what what is your desire? I right. Mean, the diesel ranges are what are your no serious. So you're going from a diesel. That's true. You're talking like million. You can be a million. You, I mean, you can. It's and but most people from what I see most of diesels are probably in a high. I could say, you know, 150s, 160s to like the 270s, $300,000 range for the diesels. Um, I would say, yeah, I would say closer to the $300,000 range for the diesel. And then, uh, um, uh, but again, like she's saying, it all depends on how big the diesel is, what features you want inside of them. And so I would say if you're looking for a diesel RV uh, and you want a new diesel RV, right? So a new diesel RV, you should plan where between, uh, I would say 150 to 250. Gotcha. For a new, a new diesel RV. Um, if you're looking for a new gasoline RV, then I would plan between, I would plan about, you know, at about 150 uh, yeah, for a brand new um, uh, gasoline RV. Now again, you know, some people want, again, they want the big 45-footers and, you know, they want floors that have, you know, heated floors and porcelain tile and yeah. all that kind of stuff. You know, you want, so they they can be as expensive. Um, we realized, we, we looked at what we needed, right? Uh, so let's look at the drivers, right? So the question is not so much, I think, how much 
the you want to spend right what do you need right that's the question is what i think you have, to, you have to spend time and say what are you trying to do like we knew we didn't need a diesel because we figured most of our driving will be within about within i would say about 300 miles of our, of our homes this is in mississippi right so we knew we'd go to all gone games we knew we'd go to alabama we, we figured in the swag the further we would go in the swag would be to houston uh to the Premier and game or something like that right. so that was the farthest that we would go uh yeah. going west going east the farther we probably go would be atlanta so we kind of knew that and so gasoline our people like, okay that, that'd right. be great we're yeah. not going to california every other month or something right like in the that. mountains or anything like mountains. that so we knew for the most part that was going to be our normal driving of the RV. So for those situations where you're mostly in flat, mostly flat land, not a lot of mountains, which in this southeast area is not a lot of not a lot of tall mountains, um, that gasoline RV is it, it works for us, right? So um, so that drove us that drove what type we were going to get. And uh, we figured that we might take a California trip once in a while. We take a California trip, right? And in which case, we'll just take our time, right? We take That's a true. week trip there or something, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. So, um, so you have to really spend some time um, deciding how you're going to use it. how we're going to use this thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then the layout that we chose, we chose a light a layout too, based off of we wanted we were not concerned about the ride getting to somewhere because we knew we were only going to be there like four or five hour drive. And, you know, I, I like, okay. I used to like that. so we weren't concerned with the ride getting there. What we were concerned with it, once we got to that place, were we going to be comfortable? Yeah. And so that's what we, that drove our layout. Okay. So we knew we needed space we knew we wanted a, a tv i wanted a fireplace i wanted to be comfortable what we got when we got to where we were so that drove uh the type of layout that we had and some people uh and we like to entertain so we want to have plenty of seating plenty of seating for have people sit, sit and, a, and a nice interior you know something that was aesthetically pleasing to i mean that was, to another, that was another question that came up and i'm going to read it just as it was written it said what about for regular folks? Are they affordable? I'm assuming that they're talking about to maintain the maintain part of it. You know, I'm going to say this. You choose where you want to spend your money. That's you right. Know what I mean? Now, we wish we had done this sooner when the children were younger. Is you a family of four? We have a family of four. There's the two of us. We have two children. Um, they are older teens. And we didn't get the RV until our oldest was graduating high school, headed to college. And now we have um, our child that's left home is going to be graduating soon. Um, but it would have now that we understand and have like demystified the whole RV ownership experience, man, we're like, well, we should have done this sooner. Um, because you you get to travel together, you get to spread out, everybody has their space, um, but it allows you to explore so much more. You know, 
and it's just a it's just great for growing families and um it's something we wish we had pulled the trigger on sooner now can you afford it a couple things to consider if you're buying brand new and you're looking at the msrps on the websites you can probably get 25 to 30 percent off of those prices if you buy used you can negotiate way below what they're asking too it uh, it depends on how many just like a car how many miles are on this thing how how old is it compared to the newer models what what features is it lacking that some of the newer models have um, those are the things that you can take into consideration and kind of um, negotiate. And the other thing is, this isn't a car, right? So you're not financing it for five years. You can finance right. up to 20 years. So that in itself makes it a lot more affordable. Um, the things to consider though, the fuel, Mm-hmm. Um, when it's time for an oil change, um, you know, j- just those kind of basic maintenance items. And then with an RV, you have a whole house on wheels going down a highway, hitting bumps, hitting, you know, although they are built to be stable, you know, they have these um, steel chassis and, you know, all of this, things shake loose. And you need to be prepared, you know, mentally prepared that you're gonna be doing some things on your own. You're gonna have to screw a knob back on a cabinet, or you're gonna have to watch some videos to see how to repair the locking mechanism on one of the drawers. You know, there are little things that you can do on your own that are gonna save you a whole lot of money that only take a little bit of your time but you shouldn't think, oh my God, I have a lemon because this is shaky or you know this came loose. It is the nature of owning an RV. And once you wrap your head around that and open your mind to um, doing some things on your own, some repairs on your own, it's fine. Yep, and then you all have the space to actually store it on your property. So that helps out a lot. Yes. Yes. So if if you're you're talking about affordability, right, and how much RV you can afford, and of course, you know, I mean, I can't answer that, right? I mean, that's that's something. But what was that formula that that you kind of use as a general? So I... I think if you're if you're sitting here saying, can I afford an RV? My answer is to that is yes. I think you can because I, I don't know your individual situation, but I believe you can because you know <laughs> these newer vehicles that we're buying are costing us sixty and seventy That's grand true. for these newer vehicles, or even fifty grand for these newer vehicles that we're buying. Right? It costs us fifty grand. So if you can spend fifty grand for a new vehicle, then you can get a nice RV for fifty grand. Yep. You can. You can get a nice. It'll be it'll be older, but it'll be a nice RV that you can enjoy with your family. 
for 50 grand. Um, you know, you know, um, it's probably going to be a gas RV too, though. You know, yeah, it's going to yeah. probably get, but it's an RV, right? So I, I think RVs are affordable. I think that you you have to say. I think if you're in the range from if you if you if you are saying that I've got somewhere between uh, under fifty thousand dollars to spend on an RV. Oh, let's just say you have. I only have twenty five thousand dollars to spend on an RV. All I've got is twenty five thousand dollars. You can get an RV, but you just realize you're gonna get an older modern RV. But the thing, the thing, the thing, I would say for people who are listening that are do-it-yourselfers, if you like, if you're a DIY people, that's what it, cause that was something we did not consider. Like when I did all my research, I didn't consider, oh, maybe I can do some of this stuff myself. I didn't do that. So if you are a DIY type person, you know, or your husband, or you, 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 you got friends. That are DIY, then you can find great RV deals for $25,000, $30,000. And you can take those on as projects for yourself. You know, it's just like all you all you be doing is retiling your floor. You retire your floor in the house, you just be retiling the floor in the RV. All you be doing is taking out some cabinets, putting in some new cabinets. To make it more, make it look much more nicer, more modern, more modern. Yeah. That's really all you'll be doing. You'll be adding some more different type of window treatments, of valances they call them. I think that's nothing. That's nothing. <laughs> Even you, I can do that. In fact, at one of the RV groups I belong to, this young couple, that's what they did. They mm-hmm. bought an older RV, and basically the 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 husband was a like a carpenter. Wow. So he basically redid the whole inside of the RV. And the thing looks brand new. Now the outside, you're gonna notice the outside is going to it's right. gonna reflect that it's an older RV, right? So the outside RV will reflect that it's an older RV. So I'm not sure what you unless you're gonna repaint the outside of you know, but uh, it's gonna reflect as an older modern RV. So I would say, like I said, if you if you're saying I, I got all I have is twenty five thousand, I'm saying you can get you an RV. And if if you are a DIY person, I think you can make that work. When you if you're not a DIY person, if that's not you, but you want an RV and you want an RV that's nice, that is nice already, um, then I think you're going to be looking at fifty thousand plus. Probably closer to seventy. Closer to seventy five. If you want it already nice, you don't. You're not a DIY. You ain't trying to fix anything. You ain't trying to do any of that stuff. You just want to hop in your RV, and when you, and when your friends come by, they're gonna say, "Oh man, it's a nice looking RV." Then you're probably looking like more about six, anywhere between fifty to seventy-five thousand dollars for that. Uh, and, and and that and that will be fine. Now, um, now if you're looking at, okay, well, I've got more than seventy-five thousand dollars to spend, right? So you're saying I've got more than seventy-five thousand dollars to spend, or then, finance, or finance, and then at that point. Your, it's whatever you can. You limit them. There's just so much you can do out there. Um, another thing is um, maintenance, right? So uh, another reason why we chose a diesel, I mean, a gasoline, is because I'm I'm pretty decent with some maintenance. I know how to, you know, the gasoline is a Ford chassis, right? The gasoline RV is a Ford. A Ford. Okay. Okay. You guys out there who drive Ford trucks, and you and you work on your own Ford truck. That's what you're working on. You're basically working on your Ford truck. 
I think it's an E350, I think is what it is. Um, and it's a but, E10, right? Yeah, 10, 10 cylinder, yeah. V10. But it, you, you can change your own oil. You can change all your fluids. You can, um, you know. You scored, Sandra, you scored. Guys who are familiar with your own vehicles and doing, you know, just the routine maintenance stuff, right, that you do on your own vehicle. A gasoline RV for us was great because I could do those things. I know how to I know how to do those things. So I'm saving myself that little money on maintenance right there. Uh, I didn't I didn't know anything about diesel. I've never worked on a diesel, never owned a diesel. So I knew if I got a diesel, even something like an oil change, I would have to take it somewhere and get it done. Because okay. I'm just not that familiar with it to want to mess with it. Um, so that was the reason why I chose a gasoline RV. Um, but price-wise, like I say, you know, you have to decide what your budget is. But I, I think again, if you're a D, if you're a DIY person, twenty-five thousand dollars, maybe even less, can get you a nice fixer-upper for you to use. Because what you got to remember is, it, the the RVs themselves, right? The chassis, right? So the the motor, the engine, the transmission, the frame that everything is sitting on top of, the wheels, the the rear axles, the front axle. All that stuff, most likely on the RVs you get, it's probably only got about anywhere between ten to twenty thousand miles on it. Mm. They're and not driving these every day. They don't drive them right. every day. So, so the, the the actual frame of the RV is most likely is, is still in great shape. What you what you're going to be wanting to do is upgrade the cabinet, so you may want to get something nice on the inside. But the the frame of the RV itself is in great shape. In most cases, most cases. I got two little questions. I'm sorry. The, the questions are coming in. The, okay. the first question is, what type of RV parts? Mm -hmm. So you've got different kinds, right? You've got, I mean, when I say different kinds, I do mean different kinds. You've got from the extreme where you can actually um, lease your own RV Spot where that's yours, right? So almost like a time, almost share. like a timeshare. So you've wait, got wait, 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 wait a minute. So it's a spot that is just yours. Just so you've got those, you've got the whole. Spot. You can rent it out. You can Airbnb it. Yep. You know? <laughs> yeah. So you've got that situation all the way down to a small state park, like Texas state parks. Mm -hmm. So and then in between, in between, you got some. You got this family-owned business, family-owned parks. <laughs> Uh, that you can uh, you know you can stay in when you're traveling. You just call ahead of time, make a reservation, and they'll give you a park a number, a spot number that you pull into, and they'll give you some codes or whatever if they have to. And then you'll go in your park, and and that's it. Um, so let me give let me give you a good example of an RV park, and and the convenience of an RV park. We we love going to the Essence Festival. I was going to see Bruno Mars this year before this COVID came along. So hotel rooms at the Essence Festival are upwards of $250, $350 a night. And that's a lot of money. Now, if you just want to have that full essence experience, you're going to pay that money to stay downtown so you can be on Canal and be on Beale. You know, that's what you want to do. Now, 
there's an RV park in New Orleans that we use. It cost us, was it 57? Yeah. Yeah. 57, I think, a night. And we have our own, our own everything, own kitchen, own dining room, own living room, own bedroom, two bathrooms, you know, if we want to have guests over. And we just Uber to that makes sense. Uber to the uh, you know, to the venue. Go to the concerts, enjoy ourselves, or go to the convention center during the day and Uber back. But now, in contrast, there's one right down there where if you want to be in the action, you can be right there in the action. Same conveniences that I just mentioned because you own your RV, but theirs is $250 a night with a three-night minimum. Paved paved streets, though, like, you know, uh, brick paved streets like you would see in the French Quarter. I mean, the whole New Orleans vibe. And it's very nice, very secure, and it's right there. Pool, you have a pool there that you can use, just like if you were at a hotel, but you have your RV there where you've got your own private space that you know is clean and unused. So there, I mean, RV parks run the gamut. We've gone to some that are like amusement parks. So you park your RV, you can rent a golf cart if you don't have your own. You can travel across the property. Your kids can get in the lazy river. They have fishing. They have live acts that come and perform at night or in the evenings. You can get food there. I mean, the, the range of experiences you can have in an RV are basically endless. Wow. And we haven't even hit the West Coast yet. And I've I have heard- no idea. You know what? I had no idea. I'm so happy that we're doing this because we just our community just doesn't know. We just don't know. And we didn't know. And I didn't know. Like I said, I was kicking and screaming like, why we need an RV? I want a new truck. <laughs> but those are the decisions you make. And when you once you own an RV, I think it's almost like having this COVID come upon us, it kind of shifts your perspective and what's important. Once you take your kids on that first trip and you see how excited they are and and, and how they're genuinely enjoying the experience and want to learn how to help you operate the RV and, you know, participate, it's going to change your, it's going to change your whole perspective on how much that RV is costing you. Is it really costing you that much? And I want to know, you guys have teenagers. You know what I mean? So if teenagers can get excited, that's, that's a big deal. They love it. If there are any husbands, this, I'm sorry, did, that, I hope the answer, did we answer that question about the parks? Yes, I think so, yes. Okay. Um, you know, if there's any husbands listening to this, they're listening, uh, there are some I we I found that there are some uh, unintended benefits. I think of an RV. I think it's wait, wait, the right way to say that. Uh, <laughs> things that I didn't think about. So, for example, uh, if you have wives, if you or you're the husband of some, if you're the husband of someone <laughs> who likes to spend time um, in malls, I want to hear this. Oh if yes. If you're the husband of someone who likes to spend time in a mall, you know. Um, 
Take the RV with you. Take oh, her to yeah. the mall. Take her to the mall. Take the RV with you. And you just post up. Let your slides out. You got the refrigerator there. You got the TV there. You know. <laughs> Let them do what they do. Um, okay. um, and then you have, I mean, or like I say, the situation where you're traveling. So you, you so let's say you're in Atlanta, and you, you know, and now you want to go to a much nicer malls, right? Much nicer mall. This this one store that has this one thing that this that you, that your significant other want. Hey, take the RV, post up. And they can go in there and shop all they want. You sit back, you know, you got your little TV there and whatever, and you can relax. So that was something. Um, oh, I mean, uh, kids, sporting events. My daughter's, oh, band, yes. my daughter's band trip. I found out the hard way, again, about that one. That I should have brought my RV one year, and I didn't. But after that, I, did. I brought it every time after that, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so the children's. The children's sporting stuff and the after school things, not school, but these events they do, they go out of state. Competition. Competition. So they have to go, go out of state. So take convenient. that RV with you. You know, it is so convenient uh, for you to, 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 to you have all your stuff right there with you, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so there's a lot of little things that you don't think about with the RV because I never thought that I'd be, I never thought I'd be taking my RV to my daughter's band competition. <laughs> Or to the mall. I would have never thought of mall. Never thought of that. Never thought of that. Um, even college graduates, like one, they came in real handy for us yes. a couple of years ago when a friend of ours' son graduated from uh, from Jackson State. Yes. Um, they they moved the graduation from the stadium to the uh, basketball to the AAC. court, the AAC mm-hmm. basketball stadium, which was much smaller. So we knew, okay, there's not going to be any room. We got to get up here at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. We got to get to get in that place, get some room. So we just took the RV there the night before, parked in the parking lot the night before, sat there, got up and went to the graduation. You know, and so and we, we the- got up at 5 o'clock and it was already madness. You you know how far we live from Jackson State. So if we had gotten up, if we had left home at 5 o'clock you trying would- to get out there, we would have missed it. There was another question about storage fees. We know that you guys don't have storage, but can you round about, I know all storage costs different, but how much does it cost maybe to store it if you have to store? Um, when I was looking at that, it, it ranges from like um, like 100 to upwards of 150 a month to store your RV somewhere else. Like oh, okay. Storing, 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 storing it somewhere. Storing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. Wow. And then one final question. I know that this didn't work for you guys because you wanted to entertain more, but someone wants to know the difference between a class A and a class B. Uh, what's the class B? Because the class, or I, I could be using the wrong letters. B is the one that looks like a truck yeah, that has the bunk over yeah. the over the, the class cab. C. That's the class C you talking about. What is class B? Mm-hmm. Is that, which one is the one that you hook? Let me see. Oh, that that's a that's either a fifth wheel or a travel trailer. Travel trailer. And so I know that that wasn't even an option. Oh, B is like a van. Okay. okay. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Okay. Um, now travel trailers are nice and especially the kitchens because those kitchens can have an island in them um 
the living rooms are a little bigger, but somebody had a had one about a trailer too that popped oh, okay. up. Um we didn't really look at that because we wanted to be all together when we were traveling and we wanted access to the kitchen and the bathroom while we were on the road. Right. I don't think you're permitted, anyone is permitted to sit in the trailers when you are traveling. You have to be in your vehicle. Um, so that was a that was definitely a deal breaker. But uh, as far as if if kind of like we were debating with the gas versus diesel, are we more concerned with that engine or the experience once we get there? If you if you're truly more concerned with the experience once you get there, you might consider a fifth wheel or a travel trailer because they're luxurious. The okay. kitchens, the kitchens are way better. And it's some of them, mm-hmm, well, more, more spacious because like I said, you can have an island in those travel trailers. Um, much cheaper. And they're much cheaper too. They're much cheaper because you've got to have a vehicle to pull it. It, it, doesn't, have its own, it doesn't have its own engine like a class A or oh, a class B or a class B. Okay, okay, okay. So the other the other portion of your investment is the vehicle you're gonna be using to tow it. That makes sense. I'm thinking you've already got like a you've already got like a Ford F two fifty or something like that. You you already got that. Then I think a travel trailer would be an, an, an a great option for you mm-hmm. if you already got a truck to pull it with. Um you know, and, and and then you get a nightmare. Like I said, you can get some real nice travel trailers uh, at a much cheaper cost. So if you already own the, the, the truck, I would definitely look into the travel trailer. We didn't own a truck right. uh, to we'll do that with, so we would have have we would have have to have bought the truck and bought the travel trailer and kind of put us right back in the same uh, same ball price, price range. Yeah, price range. Okay. So that's right. Well, Pose, thank you so much for coming on. You have answered a lot of questions for me. Uh, in synopsis, they are affordable. It is a worthwhile thing. And I can't wait to see y'all on the road. Where's your next trip? Don't know yet. I mean, this uh, COVID thing's kind of got us all uh, mixed up. So, but, but let me tell you something. We have taken a trip. During the COVID, our state was shut down. Like all the surrounding states were shut down. Alabama was the only one that was open and allowed their state parks to be open. And we went to this one in Mobile and it was beautiful. And it was just so refreshing to get out of the house, get off of our property, get out of this, you know, go on a trip. And we didn't have to worry about hotel rooms and, you know, how if they were sanitary or not, because we have our own space wherever we go. Even if we have to stay in a Walmart parking lot or Sam's parking lot, we we have everything we need right there. And it's ours and we control the quality of it. That's and right. So, it was it was really great. We stayed there a few days. It was on a lake. You could go fishing. You they had all these bike trails. Um, it was it was a nice getaway in the midst of all the craziness that we have going on right now. Well, that is as you know, Mr. Poe. Thank you so much. 
appreciate it. Miss Paul, thank, thank you. you. Thanks for considering us and and I leave this again for those anybody who's really, if you're really considering, I would say get it. Get it. Do you run your numbers? Run your numbers. Run the numbers. You don't tell yourself you can't get it until you run the numbers. There's something you can There's afford out there. That you're gonna like too. That you'll like, yeah. So run the numbers. Run the numbers, see what you can get. And I would say get it. Once it, I mean, we like I say, we, you know, we we when I bought the RV, the RV had 12,000 miles on it. It was already, the RV was two years old already when I bought it. We bought it. We put, we put like, what, 12,000 miles on it in one year, which is a lot for an RV. Yes. But we went to like Chicago. We went, we went to, we made a little Texas run. So we did Corpus Christi, San Antonio, uh, Dallas. We did a little, little Texas run around and did that. And then went back and forth to Atlanta a few times. And, you know, so we put we put like twelve thousand miles on that thing in one year, which was, you know, which is a lot for like I said for for the RV uh, for most RVs. Um, so I think once you get it, um, you're gonna love it. I think your kids gonna love it, especially if you like outdoors. These parks, these state, all these state parks, like Texas state parks, Louisiana state parks, you're gonna love being around water. You're gonna be love the outdoor feel, the camping. You're, you're gonna set up your, you're gonna set your RV up where it's nice. Have your little lights around it. Your table's gonna be out there. You have your little campfire going outside. And you're gonna, you're gonna enjoy those evenings, knowing that you can then go back inside. You know, once the bugs start biting. When the bugs come, we done. <laughs> yeah, you can go back inside. You know, so I just want to push two things. Do your research. Don't rush. Take your time. Look for something used because what you want is out there and somebody wants to sell it and upgrade or they, they've gotten sick and they want to sell it. Yeah. They've lost a spouse that they used to RV with and they want to sell it. I mean, that's what that's really what took us so long. Not we kind of knew what we wanted when we started looking, but it was waiting for that strike point, you know, Somebody with what we wanted, color schemes, everything. And that was the advice we were given. Just take your time. Don't be in a rush. You know, comb through those websites. What you want is going to come up and for your price. What we paid was not what they were asking. Negotiate. You know, look at all the features. Like I said, compare them to what a newer one might might have that wasn't even available when the model that you're looking at was built and use that as leverage. Well, okay, well, this doesn't have this or, you know, yours doesn't have this and use that as leverage. Um, and also understand that the benefit of getting used is that you might just hit the jackpot like we did. I mean, these people, this was a, a 30th anniversary edition Fleetwood Bounder. So it had more features than a typical one would. Um, but these people were seasoned RVers. This was their fourth RV. Wow. And they, they had everything every option, in this RV. Every option. Every option. And on top of that, they left us all their stuff. Oh. All the benches, the, the grill underneath, 
extra hoses, cables. cables, like all this stuff that you would that you would have to buy, um, you know, upon initial purchase of your RV. They just gave it to us. Wow. And you that's that's one of the perks that you'll find if you're buying used. Because a lot of times people are getting out of RVing. They don't need that stuff anymore. And they just use it to sweeten the deal. Mm-hmm. And they did. Love you guys. Thank you so much. And you're welcome. See you next time. All right, y'all take care. Bye. RV hunting. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. And remember, if you have an idea, a thought, a goal, and just don't know how to get started, hit us up at chatwithless.com and schedule a time that works for you. And we'll figure it out together.